Welcome to the Sovereign Love Stream podcast with your hosts, Danny and Vanessa Panzella Velez. Join us and special expert guests as we discuss love, sex, parenting, psychedelics, and spirituality. Please subscribe now and join us bi-weekly on Sundays at SovereignLoveStream.com for our live video broadcast. Please check out our social media on censorship-free platforms like Minds.com, Float.app, and Odyssey.com. Find links to all of our social media at SovereignLoveStream.com. If you would like to support our show with an energy exchange, please visit us at Patreon.com slash SovereignLoveStream. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sovereign Love Stream. Hello. Happy Sovereign Sunday. Happy Sovereign Sunday. <laughs> we have an interesting show today. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> to say the least. We have been um, going through some tough times the last couple of weeks. Um, some blockages to creative flow, blockages to flow of abundance. Um, We've been just kind of stuck in this quagmire of like just dense energy. And we did not, we could not figure out like what was happening. And... (laughs) Just kind of feeling into it for a second. It always happens, right? Like right before we start the show, like there's the technology. We're trying to get all the technology in place and there's always something. And so Cookie's over here laying next to the camera and uh, chewing on a blanket. And I'm like, ah, is this going to cause interference? (laughs) (laughs) Release. It's always. I release control. Control is an illusion anyway. Hi, Rena. Hi, Rena. (laughs) um so let's get into it (laughs) yes let's get into it take a deep breath (sighs) nice sigh it out (laughs) yeah you guys can take a breath with us i'm gonna do one more yes let's do one more breathe in <laughs> yeah, I think it's good like to sigh it out to make a noise. I was talking to Xander about this the other day. He had gotten kind of upset. We were um, doing a creative project and he didn't like how it was coming out and he was getting kind of frustrated. And I was like, when you let's take some breaths, we took some breaths together. And I told him like, make a noise. I think he felt a little shy about making noise. Um, I was like, no, but make the noise because the vibration helps like move the energy in in your body, right? Like the vibration in your chest. I believe that in traditional Chinese medicine, when you sigh, um, if I'm not mistaken, there's some detoxification in the liver. Oh. Um, don't quote me on that. I believe <laughs> that's what it is. But um, either way, it feels really good. And last night, that was something that was like really present for me. Um, you know, we always laugh at our dog Cookie because as soon as he lays down or gets comfortable, he lets out a big sigh or a grunt or some sort of noise where he's like letting it all out and then he just passes out. Um, and I think 
you know, we've always made fun of it, but we, like, I think innately we know that it's necessary. It's a necessary part of releasing. It's a somatic release. Yeah. yeah I think that's um, one of the things that is kind of lost in modern society is somatic release. Like we think emotions are all just like in our head or in this kind of virtual space of our heart. But I mean, science is showing how intensely emotions can affect our physical body as well. So that like somatic release of ah, deep breaths and <clears throat> sighing is really, I, you know, we found it to be really valuable. Yes, for sure. So let's talk about the density of the energy we have been dealing with for the last oh couple of weeks. Oh my goodness. It's been a lot, um, but we want to continue like, you know, one of the our main kind of values and, and things that, that this show is based on is vulnerability, is us sharing you know, everything, bringing you into our relationship so you can see the inner workings of it and how we're dealing with conflicts and issues that come up in the hopes that you can draw some inspiration or um, learn something from what we're learning as we're, as we're learning, right? We always say we're not gurus. It's not like we have all the answers and we're like preaching. It's more like these are the things that we're doing and that are working for us. And, you know, maybe you want to try it too. So let's talk a little bit about the dense energies Density. we've been dealing with. Yes. Um, there's been a lot of, um, at least on my part, I feel a lot of creative blockages. And it's really interesting. I was thinking about this earlier because I have felt that um, at the end of last year, I had set the intention to, um, to be more vulnerable for this new year. Um, I wanted to practice more vulnerability, sharing things on social media, sharing my process a little bit more. And it's the end of March and I feel like I've barely been able to share anything. And anything, so anytime something major comes up, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna write a blog post about this or I'm gonna write a social media post about this. This was like a really big realization. And then the moment I sit down at the computer to write something, I'm completely blocked. The The words escape me. I don't know where to begin. I start to have imposter syndrome. I start thinking, nobody needs to hear this. This information is out there. This is, you know, this is just my personal experience. Who cares, right? Like, this isn't a big deal. Maybe I think it's a bigger deal than it really is. And so all of these limiting beliefs just pop into my head and I struggle so much with writing a post, um, with creating artwork. I've been really like, I've, I've been enjoying artwork, but the moment I start thinking of putting my artwork out into the world, I'm blocked. I'm like, I can't finish projects. I have so many projects that I've started and I haven't been able to finish because at some point the idea of putting it out into the world stops me. There's, there's this like, I don't know this, there was this energetic blockage about it where I felt like this, this isn't good enough. There's no point to me doing this. I'm wasting my time. I could be doing other things. I could be 
creating an ink, a stream of income somewhere else. This is not going to go anywhere. Like all of these limiting beliefs so strong in my head. And so there's been a lot of anxiety. There's been a lot of frustration. Um, a lot, like I said, a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of thinking that what I have to offer is not enough. Um, that there are other people out there that are offering way more important things, way more helpful and useful things than what I have to offer. And, um, it's been intense. <laughs> so mm. that's, that's some of it on my end. <laughs> yeah. And for me, um, so I've talked about how I'm looking to make the switch from my construction business to sacred work, to healing work. Um, we have kind of just organically developed a coaching business where as <laughs> as kind of, or not so much a, a, a business, but a practice. Just from people seeing the love stream or seeing no, people we know um, coming to us, seeing our development and then coming to us and asking us for help and guidance and you know they're going through similar things. And um, so out of that, we have kind of developed this coaching practice, but we haven't really been charging for it. So <coughs> we're now looking to move into more of a sacred offerings, you know, as, as our profession, you know, kind of turning it into more of a professional, uh, our business. Um, I don't, I would rather be focused on doing healing work. We both get a lot of, um, fulfillment mm -hmm. and enjoyment and the connection, because really that's what it is. We're connecting with other people when we're, you know, involved in these conversations, involved in these ceremonies, um, it's connection. We're building connection and that lights us up. Um, and so we really want to develop that more. However, because of these creative blocks that I have also been experiencing, um, and for me, it's a little bit more, maybe not so much the create creativity aspect of it, but for me, it's been a little bit more, I think, I think finding a balance, um, I can't, obviously I can't quit totally, um, construction yet, uh, because we still have bills to pay. Um, we still do live in the 3d world and <laughs> so we need money to pay those bills. And so I can't just be like, all right, I'm shutting down the construction business. I'm just going to do this. So I've been trying to develop a plan. Um, we recently just wrote a shadow work course that we're going to be launching soon. And I mean, I'm really excited about this because the medicine in this course, and this is not even patting ourselves on the back because this is just stuff that we've learned over the, the last few years that we're compiling into a course, but it's really powerful. And I'm really excited about it because I like, I can recognize the medicine in it, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, we're also working on creating couple circles and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. We're going to do couples integration circles, um, on zoom and we're putting together a couple's retreat. And so there's a lot of exciting things that we're working on. And while we're working on developing these offerings, these creative blocks are coming up. And it's like frustrating. It's like, I have the framework, we're writing it out and it's like, we're struggling through it. And like, 
it's like discouraging on one end, on one hand, because like I'm excited and I want to just get it out there and I want to launch it and I want to do it and action. Um, but there are, it's like, I ha- it's like the universe is like telling me slow down, step at a time, step at a time, one step, one step, you know, like for me, Vanessa always makes fun of me because when I have an idea, the first thing I do, I create a website. I create an Instagram. I create a Facebook page. <laughs> I have a, I have an Instagram for a tattoo shop that we never opened, a, a real estate company that I never opened. Like I get these ideas and I feel this like fire, this passionate fire of inspiration. And so I'm like, all right, let's take action. How do I do this? I'm going to do this. I'm going to start. I, I create all the marketing, whatever. To the point where you exhaust yourself yeah. and, and then it's like, okay, now what? I don't even know if I really even want to do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think sometimes you have these flashes of inspiration and you're not necessarily meant to do all these things. And, you know, maybe it's for the future. Maybe we still will open a tattoo shop. I've owned a tattoo shop in the past and I think I would like to do that again, maybe someday. It's just not right for this moment. Um, So there's like, on the one hand, there's that, inspiration and me wanting to take action. And then on the other hand, there's like the stop signs, like wait, stop, slow down. And that comes in the form of some struggle of, I think maybe the resistance of me wanting to push through the stop signs instead of stopping to slow down to see, are there, are there cars coming? You know, what issues do I need to look at while I'm developing the course? You know, like what's the right platform to host it on? Um, or what's the right marketing technique and strategy to get the word out? You know, like, and I'm doing a lot of heavy research. I've got a stack of books and I really dove into it. And then there's these blocks. So it's been very um, frustrating. And not only that, but my construction business has also been suffering because of this. I think I'm having trouble finding the balance between the attention I need to give to the construction business and the attention on developing the um, The sovereign love Mm -hmm. um, business. So needless to say, we're broke. (laughs) Just going to put that out there. Right now, we're broke. Mm -hmm. It's like real lean times. (laughs) And we're having trouble manifesting that abundance. And I know and I have faith and I'm not worried, but I'm frustrated right? I know the abundance is going to come through. I know it's waiting there. It's, it's in the vortex. It's in the quantum, right? The universe, God is going to bless us. The blessing is already there waiting for us just to be able to receive it. To align. Yeah. Yeah. To to align align our vibration with it so we can receive it. And that's really what it is, right? Like trying to find the balance of the frequency so that I'm not like, um, upset and worried and like, ah, contracted. we got to pay the bills, ah, resistance, ah, stress, you know, like all that negative energy, but also like not so pie in the sky, like head in the clouds where it's like, I'm just going to sit here in lotus position until a check shows up or money <laughs> magically appears in my bank account. Right. And I certainly believe that can happen, but it's, I think there's a balance yes. of, of, of action and prayer or action and faith faith and yeah and that's what we've been struggling to get to 
So because we've been having so much of this, um, these blockages, last night we decided let's have a mushroom ceremony. We haven't had a mushroom ceremony in a while. And, you know, this is like, it feels, this feels like a major block. We're just having so much trouble getting through it. And so we decided to have a mushroom ceremony. So I prepared the mushrooms last night and generally just, just for the, the practicality of how we run the ceremony, um, you know, we set the ambiance, Vanessa lit candles and, and we saged, smudged the room and I prepared the mushrooms. So I had a combination of, um, powdered mushrooms and we also had some tea some actual mushrooms that we put into a tea. Well, my God, these mushrooms were strong. Neither one of us finished <laughs> our tea. We, we had the powdered mushrooms in the, in the capsules. And so we took, it was about a gram and a half in the capsules. And then we took two grams for a total of three and a half grams. Although we didn't consume it all because neither one of us finished our no. tea. But my God, it was intense. And the int I wanted to share the interesting thing about this is I've been struggling through these blockages. I've been frustrated. I've been um, wanting to work through it, but not quite sure how. And normally I would be totally on board and say, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And I struggled through it till the very end where I was like, I'm not sure I want to do this. I don't know. Maybe I'm not meant to do this. Uh, there was so much resistance, but I didn't understand why. And literally to like five minutes before we're going to take the mushrooms, I'm like, I, you know, I was encouraging her and we're talking about it. Do you want to do it? And she's like, ah, I don't know. I, don't, I feel anxiety about it. And I'm thinking... It's just mushrooms. It's plant <laughs> medicine. You know, there's no fear. We've been we've we've been through this a lot of times. So I was like, oh, that was kind of interesting. I didn't push her. I was like, you know, okay. So do you mind if I take the mushrooms, even if you decide not to? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, okay, cool. So you'll trip sit with me, and and um, you know, I can work through my stuff with it. And she was like, yeah, cool, okay. <laughs> but then at the very last minute, I don't know what shifted that I was like, okay. Let me, let, I think I didn't find a good enough reason not to. There was just resistance within me. There was a struggle within me that I wasn't quite, um, I wasn't quite sure what, what it was. And because it didn't feel like it was, I, like I was flowing, I felt that it meant I should push through that resistance anyway. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And Carla, the the mush, some of the mushrooms were some of the mushrooms that you blessed, the ones we put in the tea. So I'm guessing that's why they were so strong. <laughs> <laughs> and and then it was so funny because when I was drinking the tea, I knew I didn't want to finish it. <laughs> there was resistance even in that moment where I was like, uh, maybe I shouldn't drink all of it. I don't know if I want to go that deep. I don't know if I want to feel all of that. Cookie. And and um, <laughs> he is now pushing the podcasting station. Please don't push the podcasting station. So, um, yeah, it was it was very intense. Um, and I think once I surrendered to it, um, I think I, I had one of the first things I felt was almost like a 
I want to say like a framework for how to deal what I was about to deal with. Um, and because one of the first things I felt was like a buildup of energy and then the breaking of that energy and kind of feeling flow flowing through that break. And I, and I knew in the moment, that's what it was that I was being shown. This is the framework, right? It's, Sometimes we're in situations where it feels like we're going to break, like we can't handle it anymore. And it gets to that point where it has to just break. It's like a death and rebirth, right? Mm -hmm. we, we die and we're reborn. And when we allow ourselves to die, we can be reborn with a different energy, with a different perspective, with a different, with a different surrender, I think. Mm -hmm. Like a new level of surrender. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there was definitely some struggle. <laughs> um, but for me, one of the things that came up was um, a memory that has come up in other ceremonies that I didn't trust. Like in, it's come up in one other ceremony and it, it seemed weird to me. And I'm not going to go into the specifics of it because it's not just me in the memory. There's somebody else involved and it's a lot, right? For confidentiality. <laughs> For confidentiality. Um, but in my memory, like my conscious memory, I had changed, I changed it. it. It was not what actually happened, or at least what I was shown with the mushrooms. And when I was shown this second time, I was like, oh, okay, I understand what this is. I understand, I understood there was shame there. And I it was all being processed in my head. And for a moment, I thought, I don't need to say this out loud, <laughs> right? It's like the shame crept in again. I noticed it was shame, but the shame itself was like, you don't have to say this out loud, just keep it to yourself. And so I stayed there with these feelings and these thoughts. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's okay. I see what it is. I see that there is shame there. And I left it alone. And I kept having these waves of like breaking and releasing, breaking and releasing. And as I was doing that, I started sighing out loud. And that's when I remembered, I was like, oh, that's what Cookie does when he's like releasing the day. He's like, ah. you know, like this grunt or this sigh and it felt good. And but in the moment that it was happening, there was also some inner resistance like I'm not supposed to be loud. I'm not supposed to take up space. I'm mm. not supposed to, you know, I have to keep it together. There's no reason for me to express this like release. What do I have to release? I don't need to release anything. I'm together. I have everything together, right? This illusion of keeping things together. And if you allow yourself to express that you're letting something go, it's because you couldn't carry it, right? That's the, yeah. the subconscious mind saying, the ego mind may be saying, oh, I can't handle it. So I have to release it with sound, right? If I'm strong enough, I can handle it. Yeah, and, it's like a weakness. Yeah, yeah. And it's very interesting because I had recently had this thought of um, my mom expressing that when she 
um, was giving birth to my sister. This, you know, it was her first baby and she was in the hospital and she heard one of the nurses yelling at another patient and telling her the, the, the woman was screaming. She was, you know, being very loud. And the nurse told her like, I bet you weren't this loud when you were making the baby or something <laughs> like she shamed her in the moment while she was giving birth, which is such a horrible experience for that person. But as my mother was preparing to give birth, that was the, the thought in her head of, I should not make noise. It's wrong for me to make noise. It's wrong for me to express what, to let out that feeling, to let out that pain. And so I had the thought of like, wow, imagine how much my mom has had to hold in as a result of that training, right? There's this, there's training, this programming of you cannot be loud. You cannot express, you cannot let out the pain, let out the suffering because then that means you can't handle it and you're too strong for that. Right. Mm. And so as I was doing this sighing, this sort of like, ah, I kept feeling like, there was a little bit of shame in there of like, oh, why, why do I need to sigh it out? Why do I need to let this sound out? Why can't I just handle it? Why do I feel this need to like be loud and take up space and take up, make noise, right? Um, I grew up, you know, my, my parents um, came to this country from Mexico as an immigrant family. You learn to keep your head down. You learn to keep quiet, to not draw too much attention. It's all this old programming from small towns that were colonized by, you know, people in power telling the, the poor people to keep their head down, to keep quiet, not draw too much attention, don't make noise. It's, it's this whole lineage of programming. And so I was going through the sighing and kind of working through some of that. And all of a sudden, I felt so uncomfortable in my body. And I, I was hot. I was cold. I put a weighted blanket on. I took off the weighted blanket. I sat up at one point. I was stretching. And Danny was like, do, do you need anything from me? And I was like, no, I'm just, I'm uncomfortable. And there was a part of me that was like, I want this to be over. Like, I can I drink water and make this feeling go away? I don't want to deal with it. She I was don't. like, turn the mushrooms off. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> how can I turn them off? I don't want to deal with this. And I think for about half an hour, I was just struggling. And I sat up and I was moving my body and kind of like just trying to release as much energy as possible. And I kind of lay back down and it just came to me, say it out loud, speak it out loud. And I told Danny, I just had this memory and I told him what the memory was and what the feelings were. And as I spoke it out loud, it was like this huge block of heaviness came up from my heart and like floated out of me. I felt the release of like, Oh my God, I don't need to carry that anymore. I don't need to hold on to that anymore. And it was suppressed and I didn't, I never thought about it. I never, it was never something that was like, oh, this is in the back of my mind that I'm constantly thinking about or that it's like a low level thing there. But in my subconscious mind, there was a heaviness there that didn't allow me to be vulnerable, that didn't allow me to express myself, to express emotion, to express suffering, to express grief, to express loss. You know, there's, there's like, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together because there's this fear that if you let just a little bit out, it'll all fall out and everybody will know that you're weak, that you can't keep it together, that you can't hold it in. 
And so speaking it out loud and saying this thing happened, it was like a weight was just released. And I felt this complete lightness and this like opening of my heart. (laughs) So so Vanessa says, oh my God, my heart is so much more open now. (laughs) And I was like, your heart wasn't open before? Oh my God. Because this woman, you know, if you watch this show, she radiates love. If you know her in person, in in real life, you know she radiates love and compassion and empathy all all the time. So I was like, wait, your heart was closed before? What? Wow. We're in for like the fire hose is going to open now. There, there must have been a layer, right? Like it was open to a degree. Yeah. Right? No, of course. Yeah. You, you know, and a few minutes ago you said um, that the shame doesn't allow you mm-hmm. to be vulnerable, and I was like, "You're really vulnerable. <laughs> you're really vulnerable." So yeah, there may be resistance that you're yeah. feeling there, but that speaks to the sh- to the real strength that you have that you can be vulnerable. Even with that shame, yeah. even with the weight of that on on you or on your heart, blocking, you know, that blockage being there, yeah. you still have amazing, beautiful vulnerability. And you, you still radiate that compassion and that empathy out to the world, right? And so that speaks to the strength of your character, Thank of you. who you are. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm just observing it. It's, it's, I didn't do it. You did it. Thank yourself. <laughs> I guess we'll see how how this pans out afterwards, right? Like what this looks like now. And maybe it doesn't really look much different, but there's no, it's lighter. Not be as much resistance Yes, now. there's not going to be as much resistance in sharing. And perhaps it'll be easier to speak about my experiences instead of having these creative blockages of like, Oh, I don't know if people are going to want to hear that. You know, I think that in another time I may have thought like, okay, yeah, I can share this, but you know, I don't know. What will it really mean? You know? (laughs) Um, So I think that now it allows for there to be a, yeah, it's, it's vulnerability. I can just share and it'll resonate with who it's meant to resonate with. And and whoever it's not for can just Keep keep scrolling. Yeah. So stay tuned to the Sovereign Love Stream because her heart, her heart is open now. So there's going to be a lot more medicine coming through. Woo! We're in for it. Yes. That's beautiful, baby. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, while Vanessa is going through this, um, now I want to, I want to like go back to the beginning for a moment. So we drink the tea. I start feeling it first. And it came on fast and strong. And yeah, it was a little scary. Um, not scary, but it was a little like, it feels uncomfortable. If, if anyone who's taken mushrooms before, um, you know that the mushrooms are a little di- difficult on your digestive system. We take it with uh, some lemon juice in the tea because the lemon juice helps to mitigate some of the like discomfort in your in your digestive system. Um, but what I realized last night was the feeling that I get from the mushrooms is a very grounding feeling. Mm. It grounds you into your body. It helps you 
feel like for you feeling that shame that you don't, you like, I guess you're used, you were used to it, right? Mm -hmm. So you no longer felt it. We carry these things and we're so used to carrying them around in our bodies. And science is, is really showing this now and really like epigenetics and all these things and the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza and, and others, Bruce Lipton, they talk about how it's, it's like mainstream science that we store emotional baggage in our bodies, you know, weight sometimes comes from that, mm-hmm. um, uh, emotional baggage. And so I think we carry a lot of this stuff around and what the mushrooms do is help you feel your body again. For me, the way it feels, and I don't know if you feel this way, and if anybody watching wants to comment about your experience with mushrooms, we'd love to hear that as well. But for me, it feels to me like I can feel my nervous system more vibrantly. Mm -hmm. And maybe other things as well like but that's kind of what it feels like it almost feels like like electricity through my body like i can feel the electrical currents almost Mm -hmm. and it's painful it's painful and i think the pain that i'm feeling are the blockages are the the traumas are is the pain the shame the judgments the self-judgments um I think that's why mushrooms make me feel so uncomfortable because it's highlighting all of the things that are in my body that don't need to be in my body, Mm -hmm. that I don't need to carry. And the mushrooms are trying to bring attention to it. So they ground you, right? As opposed to like, say, cannabis, which for me, cannabis elevates me. I get more into kind of like this... Consciousness, lofty consciousness. It's almost like I'm more in my spirit with cannabis, but mushrooms, I get more into my body. And it's a really, it's really interesting that I had that kind of, I understood that distinction last night. And I think the reason what happened was because I was in a lot of pain. Um, I've been experiencing a lot of tooth pain recently and it, it's been giving me headaches and neck aches. And I have two teeth that are broken and um, I, I don't have insurance and I can't afford to go to the dentist right now. And honestly, I don't want to go to a traditional dentist. I want to go to a holistic dentist and they're really expensive. Um, so as soon as I have the finances, as soon as this abundance, this breaks and the abundance comes in, I'm going to do that. But in the meantime, um, I have a lot of that pain and the pain was really intense with the mushrooms. And... I wanted to smoke a little bit. I was like, oh, I, I just, if I could just smoke a little bit, it'll help relieve some of that. And that's when I realized, oh, and Vanessa helped me to understand that that's me running away from the pain. That the pain is there to show me something. The pain is there to communicate something's not right. Something needs to be healed. And so, whoo. <laughs> Yeah. So what this medicine woman helped me understand last night was that the, the, my teeth are affected by the energy coming out of my mouth. And I still, because I still, I also carry shame. This is like the theme, right? (laughs) 
the theme of the ceremony last night was shame. Um, the way my ego deals with shame is not to become small, like Vanessa does or has. Um, my ego gets bigger, bigger, louder, more obnoxious. And I realized that, you know, she told me it's the judgments. It's the judgments that you speak. It's the negative things that you speak. And, you know, I grew up as a born again Christian. And one of the scriptures, one of the things that my mom always used to say was speak life. Judgments are, is, is a curse. You're cursing people when you judge them. It's witchcraft. The Bible says it's witchcraft. Um, and whether you're a Christian or not, I, I believe that is a spiritual principle that transcends Christianity and the Bible. You know, I think this, it exists um, outside of religion. And I, I just think it's a spiritual law, right? When you speak negatively, when you judge, it's, it's a curse. And you expect it to curse the other person. And maybe it does. You know, it may have, especially to the degree, and especially to the if degree that open, they take yeah. it on, right? Mm -hmm. Like if they believe your judgment, um, certainly, but more so it curses you. And I think that a lot of the, the pain that I have is a result of the negative energy coming out of my mouth. And ultimately, when I want to judge other people, it's because I feel shame about myself. And so one of the things we talked about was, and I know I've talked about it on the show before, um, like the people in the neighborhood group, um, one of the, one of my kinks, uh, <laughs> we read this book called existential kink. And it basically talks about how we kind of have this subconscious like kink where we get off on pain. Um, and it's a deep topic and it's the topic of another show. And we want to have the author of the book on the show. So hopefully that, that <laughs> happens soon. Um, let's all manifest that, um, because it's really fascinating, but one of my kinks is, and just to kind of kind of explain how the existential kink works, is I like arguing. I enjoy, I get off on arguing with people in my neighborhood Facebook group because they all imagine themselves, but there's there's my judgment right there. <laughs> they imagine themselves to be progressive. That's that's my ego's view of this. These people all they claim to be these caring, loving liberals or progressives. And yet they want to call the cops because people are coming into their yard and taking cans out of their recycling bin. And then sometimes they leave a mess or whatever, like this petty nonsense. And there, there's always so much like, and so I like to go in there and stir it up and be like, oh, oh yeah, you're such a compassionate liberal. You're such a <laughs> compassionate progressive, but look, you want to, you want to have the police harass this person because they are poor and they wanted to take the cans out of it. And maybe they, they left a little bit of a mess. They weren't like perfectly tidy, tidy. about it. <laughs> like you're a progressive, but you're going to defund the police, but call the police over <laughs> cans. I mean, come on. So that's my kink because then I get to feel superior. I'm more of a, of a progressive than you are. I would never call the police on someone for something for, for, for any reason. As an anarchist, I don't believe in using institutional force. So there's my moral superiority. There's my kink. So I instigate or I put myself into these situations where I can get into that mode. I can get into a fight and then I want to complain. Oh, these, these idiots, these jerks, they're all fake progressives. They're all, you know, right? And that's the kink of it. 
he'll he'll go in and, and stir the pot on the Facebook group and then come come tell me that he was attacked in the Facebook group. <laughs> they attacked me. They attacked me for being a real progressive. They attacked me for being really compassionate. <laughs> and I always But I went in there to begin with to judge them. <laughs> Whenever he tells me that I <laughs> just listen. <laughs> I'm like, oh yes, I'm sure they attacked you. <laughs> okay, but I'm working through it. Yes. Here's my king. I've spoken it out. I've confessed it, but it gets better. It gets better because like three or four times in the last week or two, in my mind, I've almost got hit by a car (laughs) because of these um, impatient, impatient drivers. They don't want to wait for me. And like, you know, me and Cookie, Cookie's, you know, he's a puppy. He's a dopey puppy. And he's just like... (laughs) He crosses the street. He doesn't understand that, like, he's got to get across the street. Sometimes he has a twig and he's throwing it up in the air and it Some, falls. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he sees something in the street and he stops in the middle of the street. And, like, I'll be already across the street. And because of the leash, he's still in the street and the car starts moving. And I'm like, what are you doing? My dog's in the street. You're going to kill my dog. And I scream at the top of my lungs. <laughs> and everybody's looking at her. <laughs> So, last week, I'm so ridiculous. My ego can be so ridiculous sometimes. So, last week, I'm crossing the street, and I realized last night, I I could feel the energy of it. I realized, yeah, you were walking across the street like you own the street. You weren't, like, just trying to get across the street, and somebody, like, You were taking your sweet time like you own these streets. This is my street. I'm going to walk as slow as I want. And you're going to wait. You're going to wait behind that stop sign, behind that crosswalk until I get across the street. Then you can go. That was my, that was my attitude. That was the energy of which, and I recognized it now. Like I didn't realize it in the moment, but that's what happened. This guy gave me back the energy that I, he had the same exact energy. He literally pushed right up against me with the car. Like, I was like, are you serious? The rage that came out of me. How dare you? I am a divine manifestation of God. How dare you threaten me with your vehicle? That's That was literally the energy of it. Like, it was this maelstrom of we, anger we live on the fifth floor and i heard him from the apartment screaming i was like what is happening out there <laughs> so now i don't know if he accelerated or just took his foot off the gas but he pushed the car against me and i'm like i'm looking him right in his eye and i'm like are you fucking serious right now you're gonna run me over i've got my dog right here i'm like now i i the whole thing happened really fast. So like, I don't even know what Cookie was doing, <laughs> but everyone on the street and it was like rush hour. It was like five, six o'clock. So everybody was on the street. There was so many people. These, these ladies were, were standing there. They were like, <gasps> they couldn't believe the guy was pushing into me with the car. And in that moment, last night, I realized in that moment, what I felt was powerlessness. The rage came from my feeling of powerlessness. He could have killed me. He could have just run over me. What was I going to do? I wasn't going to be able to stop the car, right? (laughs) I mean, I put my hand on the hood, but 
what was that going to do? Right. And so that feeling of powerlessness, the, the shame even of mm. the powerlessness of being in that situation. And now I'm at his mercy. I'm at the mercy of someone else. And I put myself in that situation because I was going to challenge him. And I stood in front of his car. I stopped because he started to come past the stop sign because while I was still in the intersection, I stopped. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're going to come through the stop sign? Now what? And he was just like, here's what. <laughs> and, he, and he pushed into me. So these ladies are like, oh, my God. And I'm screaming at him. And they're like, so then I go across the street. He drives off. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe, like, you stayed so calm. And part of me was like, calm. I was screaming. But I said, yeah, you know, I'm trying to be zen. <laughs> A huge pat on his on his <laughs> ego's back. <laughs> Good job yes, being zen. I'm being zen. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to be zen. I'm working on that. And they were like, "Well, you did a good job because I would not have. I would have gone crazy." <laughs> After the fact, I'm like, I mean, but my ego believed them in the moment. Like, oh yeah, you were zen. <laughs> yeah, you screamed, but you know that was you setting a boundary. Mm -hmm. That's what my ego said. That's you setting a boundary. You have the right to set a boundary. <laughs> It wasn't until last night that I really, really looking at it honestly and objectively, the psilocybin saying, yeah, no, <laughs> you created that situation because you attracted that situation because you walked across that street arrogantly, like you own the street, you're going to do whatever you want to do. And anybody that challenges you is wrong. <laughs> so I learned. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and like then I couldn't understand why that happened two or three times. Not that the car people pushed cars into me, but two or three times, people like drove while I was still in the intersection, and I'm like screaming at them in the street, like, "What are you doing?" It's a, it's that entitlement. It was literally entitlement. I had this entitlement, the same entitlement that I call out the people in my neighborhood for. I was I was embodying. Yeah, and maybe that's why it triggers you in them. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. That's exactly, of course, that's, that's it. But so there it is. So what's the source of that? Shame. It comes down to shame. It comes down to feeling less than and me needing to prove that I'm not less than. I'm not, powerful. Not I'm going to scream at you if you violate my boundaries. <laughs> Not only are you not less than, but you're morally superior then, right? right? That's that's I'm how, superior, yeah, yeah, that's how the story is going to to play out. Yeah. Wow, it's so fascinating. the The tricks um, our defense mechanisms will yeah. go through. Yeah the the four D chess our ego yeah. plays, <laughs> the mental gymnastics our ego plays to convince us that no, you're in the right. You're right. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're right. And even in the ceremony, I didn't, I didn't mention this to you last night, but even in the ceremony, while Vanessa was, cause it kind of like, it flows, right? Vanessa was going through her thing and I was holding space for her. And then I went through mine. She held space for me while you were going through your thing. I was like, oh yeah, I've been showing up. I'm doing the work. I'm doing all the research for the marketing. I'm, I'm creating the course. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm showing up. Vanessa was blocked. And it's not her <laughs> fault. She had that shame and she was blocked. But she's the reason why we're having the trouble 
with the abundance. And I was like, wait a minute. Is that my ego? Or is that my higher self? Like, am I being fair or am I delusional? And I think I was mostly on the side of, no, I think I'm being fair. That I makes think sense. That, I, yeah, <laughs> right. I think, yeah, I'm showing up. She was having trouble showing up. It's not her fault. It's, you know, it is what it is. It was just a block she had to work through. I'm not judging her for it. But yeah, that's just the energetics of what was happening. That's what I, I'm observing. Yeah. <laughs> right? But how much is the entitlement, the arrogance that I'm outwardly manifesting, right, that I'm embodying, going to block abundance? Abundance comes with gratitude. Mm-hmm. Abundance comes with humility. So, <laughs> <laughs> dummy. And, you know, sometimes it's what I find really interesting is that it's like right there in your face, right? Like you're, it's happening to you constantly. You're constantly in this, these situations. And it becomes so second nature that mm-hmm. we don't even realize this is a problem. Right. Yeah. It's oh the world. Look at how fucked up the world is. That's the world's fault. Yeah. Look at what's happening. Right. And yesterday I was having a conversation with a friend, and we were talking about how triggers in our relationships, um, like the the purpose of the relationship is to be closer to somebody. Right. You want to become one with this person, and. There are a lot of triggers in our relationships. That's your relationship is going to trigger all of the places in which you are not free to become one with anybody. Yes. And so it's and all and, the blocks to intimacy. Exactly. And so, you know, she was saying, isn't it ironic? Because, you know, she's also in activist circles and stuff. And she's like, we're out here trying to become free from the government, from all of these other things, but the main blockage to freedom is within us right and i was like exactly because once you start to open yourself up to that there's nothing externally that can affect you we live in the exact same neighborhood and i'm not getting threatened with being run over all the time (laughs) and my dog is just as dopey with me as he is with danny (laughs) so it doesn't happen you know it, it, it doesn't yeah. We drive down the same roads. I don't have as much road rage and anger as Danny does. <laughs> um, and it and it's so it's funny sometimes to see him and I'm like, why is he attracting all of this energy, all of these and, and there are things that I see him getting upset at that I'm like that, that it literally has nothing to do with you. Let it go, you know, like okay. They, you know, some somebody was trying to cut him off and because he didn't let him come through, the guy was driving by and like still cursing at him and, and saying all this stuff. And Danny was still yelling at him. And I'm like, he's in his car. Let him keep that energy there. Why would you open yourself up to receiving his energy? His windows are up. Our windows are up. Let him keep that energy there. <laughs> don't invite it in here. I don't want that energy in my car. I gave him the finger twice. <laughs> You showed him. Love and light, baby. <laughs> but that's the we thing. We are not gurus. <laughs> we are practicing and right. learning this. We're learning, we're learning through it. And the thing is that it does more harm to ourselves than it does to that person. Mm-hmm. Right. At the end of the day, there are many times that, you know, I, I'm sure that I aggravate people with my driving and you know, I'm imperfect. 
I, what can I say? I mean, I'm a pretty good driver, but <laughs> I'm still imperfect. And I'm sure there are people that curse me out or they get mad at me and I see them drive by angrily and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. You're going to, you know, that's, you've chosen to have a crappy day now because you drove away, you're gone. You know, you I don't see you anymore. I don't care what you have to say to me anymore. Bye. You know, there's, there's no reason to hold on to that. And I think as a society, we are addicted to the suffering. Mm-hmm. We're addicted to well, carrying. It's the kink. It's the, the kink, existential right? kink. The kink of feeling that, that conflict and then feeling like I can be superior. I'm above that. Exactly. I'm being victimized. It's victim mentality. Yeah. And it feeds that victim mentality. And that keeps you on that hamster wheel. And that's what we've been on the last couple of weeks. This hamster wheel of like this really dense... At times, yesterday, I was really depressed. I felt so depressed. And I just couldn't break out of it. Well, thank God that my shame cleared your depression up. (laughs) My releasing of shame. (laughs) No, I mean, you inspired me. I know, but but... I'm saying that you thought like, oh, the blockage was mine. Oh, right. But, you know, like, that's the thing. And and going back to what you were saying before, science is confirming that we hold, we store so much energy, so many emotions. And, you know, my mom in, in the 70s was having my sister and being, you know, witnessing being yelled at at the hospital, giving birth. And it removes us from that primal desire to let it out. Right. And and it's so beautiful to watch a lot of these home births now. Um, you know, there are a lot of women that that share their birthing stories and they're loud. They allow the sounds to come out, the the moans, the it it's this primal energy that allows us to let that energy, those emotions out. Otherwise, we hold it all in. And I've, you know, like I said, I've been I've been conditioned my whole life. Um, and my mom has been conditioned, my grandmother, like our lineages have been conditioned to keep quiet, to stay quiet, to tough it out, to hold it all in because otherwise you're weak. And to kind of receive this lesson of letting it out, letting it go, you don't have to carry it is beautiful, right? It allows us to flow. It allows us to let go of what doesn't serve us to make room for what we're meant to do, what we're meant to be, what we're meant to feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. <laughs> it's exciting for me to have the clarity of now in hindsight, being able to see, yeah, I really did manifest that guy trying to run me over. And, <laughs> you know, even, even in my... In my Aztec birth chart, Vanessa does Aztec birth charts. And if you're interested in your Aztec birth chart, um, you can go to sovereignlove.nyc and you can schedule a reading with Vanessa. Um, but in my Aztec birth chart, I have a strong presence of the energy of Malinali. And Malinali was an Aztec, not deity, but mm-hmm. oh, she was a deity um, who is the deity of like justice and revenge yes so malinali is said to be a twisted vine right it's it's um the again the deities are energies the energies of certain plants of certain um they they represent 
different energies that exist on the earth, right? So the story of Malinali is that she is the twin sister of Wishilopochtli, who was also another deity. And as the Aztecs were migrating to find the promised land, to find um, uh, Tenochtitlan to to um, set up the Aztec Empire, she was a trickster. And so she would, they're, you know, traveling for years, uh, this, this tribe, and they were looking for a specific sign and she would transform into the sign and they would think we made it like we, we, um, we got here, we've arrived and they would get all excited. And then Malinali would come back to herself and they would be furious. So the elders started um, speaking in during the sleep state, like connecting to the higher energies and explaining, um, you know, like, look, Malinali is really messing up everybody's um, energy. They're frustrated and we have a lot to travel. We have a lot to go. And you know, the, the, um, the spirits told them just leave her, abandon her in the middle of the night and keep going. And so they abandoned her in what is now called Malinalco. And, um, she, when she woke up and realized that they had left her behind, she cursed the Aztec empire and said that they would have the shortest empire in all of history. And the Aztec empire was pretty much, I believe one of the shortest empires to exist and um, and it is said that when Cortez arrived, he arrived with, you know, he had his translator who um, was known as La Malinche. And it, it's believed, one of my teachers says that the Aztecs at that point believed that it was Malinali coming to um, like you know, reincarnated coming she had to, re- end the empire. to end the empire. Cortez they they realized at that point that it was over that the curse had was was um, manifesting and that the empire was over and you know that it was over at that point um so the energy of malinali is that energy of wanting revenge right wanting justice she was wrong she was left behind so she wants justice for that wrong and um i have a lot of that energy in my chart and so that's why like yeah i I want justice for these poor people that are collecting cans, <laughs> right? Or or whatever it is. What I mean, that's that's the reason why I became an activist. You know, it's not it's not that it's all a bad energy, but it has to be kept in balance. We, I can't let it slide into judgment and revenge, right? And I can use it to observe and identify injustices and and look for ways to tr- maybe try to help or correct those injustices, but when I let it push me into um, a judgment and and then uh, a revenge, you know, a revenge energy. So that's, that's what that entitlement, that's where that kind of comes from, right? And, and there's also the side to Malinali, right? That the twisted vine is a healing ivy. And so she's a healer. She has the ability to heal with plants, um, you know, that it's a medicinal plant. So you can tap into the energy of the healing, or you can tap into the cycle of revenge. But when you go into the cycle of revenge, you're always going to be on the lookout for what needs revenge. Mm. And then you attract so more. Of so it. your focus is always on, on the injustice. Revenge. Yes. And so that's, that's all you attract. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's, that's me. 
<laughs> so then the balance is coming into the healing. How can I tap into the healing? How can I work with the plant? And that was one of the things we were talking about last night with cannabis. How can you develop a practice with cannabis where if you feel that your, your consciousness is a little bit more open when you are with working with cannabis, you can ask the plant to help you. Can you please show me where am I blocking? Where, why am I attracting this pain? Why is this pain manifesting? And what is it trying to show me? Now you work with the plants instead of using the plants to distract you. So then you can go back to the anger. Or to escape. And, yeah. Yeah. And so that's what that is. Um, Just before you answer Rena's question about uh, the birth charts, this is why to me, the, the having these readings, these chart readings of these energies is so like that has been so helpful in helping me understand how my, like how my ego does things mm -hmm. to help me be able to balance that. Right. For me to be able to appreciate the fact that like, I want justice that I have this drive for justice and fairness, you know, but that my shadow aspect, if I let it out of control, if I don't do my work and this is my work in this area is to balance it, the one, the desire for justice with compassion, right? With, um, non-judgment. Because if I slip into that judgment, that quickly can metastasize into revenge, anger, all those things that are going to poison me more than anything else, right? So um, I, that's why I feel like these the birth charts, you know, it's kind of like a, a little commercial. But <laughs> honestly, you will derive a lot of value out of uh, a birth chart reading. So go ahead if you want to yeah. answer Rena's question. <laughs> well, my um, my one of my teachers, um, El Maestro Hugo Nawi, has explained that there are so many different types of birth charts and they're all necessary, right? They all give us different aspects of our personality, of our being. The Aztec calendar is a solar calendar. So it's based on the solar movements, the, the rotations of the sun and how that affects the energies on the earth. So when um, back in the ancient day, in the days of the Mexica people or the Aztec people, when a child was born, they would bring it to a Tonala Maltista who would read the birth chart and say, okay, this child was born on such and such date at such and such time. These are the energies that were present at this time. And they would decide, it, it was almost like deciding the fate of the child, right? If the child was born under a specific day, this child would be prepared to be a leader, right? If you're born on a day, for example, which is the read, the reed is like a bamboo. It's straight and it's hollow. So the idea is that you carry that energy of rigidity and also you're, you're not overly emotional. You're hollow. And so you're able to do what's best for the people without getting emotional about the decisions that you have to make. So you make a good leader that way, right? It, how, what good is a leader that gets emotional over every little thing and then can't find the balance. Right. Um, and we just had a leader like, <laughs> no, but there's, there's some, there's an aspect of the, in taking care of what's best for everyone. Um, without, I mean, the leader we had was emotional, just not controlled emotions. You oh know yeah. What I mean? No, that's what I meant. Oh, okay. It's all over the place. <laughs> yes, it's exactly right. Like learning to be in alignment, right? Is an akatul is a person that is very aligned, very um, 
what's the word, um, disciplined, right? They're very disciplined people. As a matter of fact, um, I, I've, um, pulled some elements from Xander's birthday and he has a lot of that read energy and in his chart, I think it comes up like three times in his chart, which makes perfect sense because he is very rigid about his schedule, about how he does certain things. And it's now I understand that, Oh, this is how he thrives. If he has a, um, a, a, um, consistent schedule, this works better for him, right? This, he thrives in that type of environment. And so when you look at the energies present at your time of birth, um, you look at the energies that you're going to navigate through your life, then you have a better understanding of what you're going through. And I like to think, you know, like I learned it recently and in the past few years, I learned how to read the Aztec calendar and do the charts. And when I read mine, I was like, Oh my God, if I had known this when I was younger, I would have not struggled as much through my darkness, right? I have Jaguar energy and the Jaguar is all about the darkness, the underworld. And I went through deep darkness and my underworld. Um, and at the time I suffered through it. I, didn't want like not that I didn't want to be in it, but I didn't understand why I was in it. And if I had known this was part of my journey, I would have been like, yes, of course, I'm meant to go through the darkness. This is it. It's intended to be this way so that I can evolve so that I can learn so that I can grow as a person. So having this information helps you kind of prepare and understand the things that you're going through. And also I've done charts where somebody, somebody said they were struggling through something. And then I brought up this energy of like a mothering energy. And she was like, that's not, that's not how I am. And another aspect of her chart had a lot of lineage issues, like that she would carry stuff from her lineage. And so we were talking about how her mom is very blocked off. And I was like, oh, so there you are. That's that's where the misalignment is, right? You're carrying this energy from your mom when your innate energy is to be mothering. And that's why you're struggling because you want like you're it's within you to be mothering, but you're carrying the energy of your mom and that's your work, right? To push through that, to get through that, release that energy that you're carrying from your lineage so that you can embody the energy that is meant to flow through you. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. I hope that clarifies a little bit. I think the different birth charts provide different information. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I've had, um, astrology, astrological birth, uh, an astrological birth chart reading, and that gave me a lot of insight as well. So it's, I think it's helpful to have the different charts and gather as much information as possible to help you understand who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. Know thyself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to talk quickly about our new offering. We are starting up a Sovereign Lovers Couples Virtual Integration Circle. We're going to do this on Zoom. We're going to do it once a month, and we will announce the first date soon. If you're interested in signing up for the circle, go to SovereignLove.nyc slash Lovers Circle. And basically what we're going to do is just have an online integration group for couples. And if you're... Uh, in a couple, or if you're a part of a couple, but your partner is not doing the work and doesn't want to show up to the circle, you still can. And we're going to talk about issues that we're having. We're going to share in vulnerability. Um, you know, it's going to be a support group, but also 
a place to come um, for just to share whatever you're going through. Yeah, I think, I mean, we've talked about this in the past, how um, we tend to, as couples, sometimes we feel lonely when we're going through difficult times. Um, One of our friends uh, left us a review recently, and she was saying that she really appreciated the podcast because it allows her to look at her relationship without judgment, because we're kind of sharing all the stuff that we've gone through and all the things that we've been through, the toxicity that we've had to work through in our relationship. And she, she said like, it's, it's like it normalizes the toxicity, not that you're promoting toxicity, but rather that you are um, letting everyone know that it's pretty normal to deal with toxicity in the relationship just because there's a toxic element doesn't mean that the relationship is doomed, but rather that it comes from a place of trauma and we can work through that if you're willing to do the work, right? That's not to say somebody is toxic and doesn't want to do anything about it. And you're just like, okay, well, I'm going to stay here because all relationships have toxicity. There are boundaries and we can work through them. So the idea of this circle is to create a space where we can talk, be vulnerable with each other, share what we're going through. And maybe that gives us some of that permission, some of that release of our inner judgments, of that shame of going through uncomfortable stuff because there's shame in that. Mm -hmm. For years, we were going through the darkest period of our relationship and feeling ashamed of the fact that we were going through that. Um, so we're trying to destigmatize that um, by hosting these circles. And we hope that if you're interested, you'll join. You can check it out. Um, you don't have to join every single month, but um, you can check it out and see if it's something that you want to be a part of. And mm-hmm. we'll be happy to to have you. Yep. Check uh, it out. SovereignLove.nyc slash Lovers Circle. Yes. And we also wanted to mention our friend Carla Mora of Time to Heal Us, you can find her on Instagram and on Facebook, is hosting a Peru retreat um, this fall. And that retreat, we went um, with Carla back in 2019. And I think we're still integrating that trip because there was so much that came out of that journey. Um, Carla is an amazing, amazing host and teacher and friend and and anything mentor mentor um and guide um danny says that she's like a kindergarten teacher and drill sergeant all in one and she really is um she's that she will instill in you the discipline like a drill sergeant but with the love and compassion of a kindergarten teacher (laughs) that's the beauty of Carla Mora. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, when we went in 2019, I think after the first 24 hours, we were like, oh my God. And we haven't even like, I, I, it felt like I, the pay, the trip had paid for itself in oh, that yeah. first day. Oh yeah, for sure. Within the first 24 hours. So um, definitely reach out to Carla Mora at Time to Heal Us. And um, it's time to heal dot us, right? The website? Um, I'm not sure. I'll check that while we check it, check it first. Okay. What we're going to do now is we do have a sponsor Delta eight gummies. I'm going to play the commercial and I'll check Carla's website and then we'll be right back. Mm -hmm. Don't go anywhere. 
Do you want free weed? Well, of course you do. John Bush here to tell you how to get it. My health supplement company, Brave Botanicals, is giving away a free five-pack of delicious Delta 8 THC gummies. What's Delta 8 THC, you might ask? It's just like regular THC, except it's derived from the hemp plant. And the high you get from Delta 8 is much more mellow and calm without the anxiety or paranoia many people experience with regular THC. The best part is, thanks to a clever loophole, Delta 8 THC is completely legal at the federal level and is legal in most states, including many where cannabis is still banned. If you want to relax, get better sleep, and even relieve chronic pain, go to FreeD8Gummies.com to get a free five-pack of tasty Delta 8 gummies shipped to you today. That's FreeD, the number 8, gummies.com all right we're back the website is time to heal us.com go there and check carla out and you can contact her and get information about the retreat you will not be sorry first of all i mean there's so much to say the Sacred Valley in Peru is beautiful. Just going there on vacation to visit is life-changing, okay? <laughs> then you add the healing work and the shamans that Carla works with. It's a, um, uh, it's not an fe- all-female team. There are men as well. Um, it is a beautifully balanced team. Uh, it's a mother and daughter shaman and... There's also the uh, male partner who is amazing. He's one of the most balanced masculine men I've ever met in my life. I, when I met him, I just like, I wanted to be held by him. I wanted him <laughs> to be my dad. That's how it felt. I was like my hard eyes emojis following him around. They were making fun of me. But um, the team that she works with in Peru is beautiful. They come from the Shipibo lineage and they're amazing people they're just the whole thing then on top of that the retreat that carla the framework that she creates is meticulous that is the word that i think best describes it she is and i think that's what i said in my in the review that i wrote that she is as meticulous about your healing and helping you to heal as she was about her own um so i can't say enough this the retreat that we went on with her changed our lives and her mentorship has completely shifted everything for us and you know without like devolving into worship it's really just <laughs> It's not even worship. It's it's just the gratitude. And, yeah. And gratitude. It's yeah. the gratitude for how she helped guide us through our healing. And you're receiving the benefit of that through the love stream, right? We're building on top of um, the healing that Carla has done, not just for us, but her, for herself. So check that out, time to heal.us. And time the, to heal us.com. Oh, sorry. Time to heal. <laughs> us.com. And um, by the way, those Delta 8 gummies are delicious. Rena had them last week at, or she had them recently. She ordered them from one of the previous shows and she was raving about them as well. So if you want to check that out, uh, support our sponsors. They are so, so good. They're so good. And <laughs> it's a nice, it's a nice high. It's a nice feeling. Yeah. 
Um, so we have gone over our hour. Um, That's okay. We don't have a hard deadline. We don't. Um, but thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for joining us this week and listening to some of our adventures and some yeah. of our work. Um, we hope that some of it has resonated with you, got you thinking perhaps of some of the energies that you may be holding on to. And that doesn't mean that you necessarily have to have a mushroom ceremony to release the energies, but yeah, practice some of that somatic release, some of that like sighing, the movement. Um, I felt really good yesterday doing like all of this movement, shaking my body out. And it was so funny because early in the day we had walked um, a few blocks away to pick up some things at the organic food store and we passed by a restaurant and they had music on and I had like, I heard the music and I was thinking like, Oh, I haven't been dancing in so long. And I'm, my sister and I used to go dancing all the time. And I had this feeling of like, Oh, I have like, I had this desire to move my body, but I dismissed it. You know, it's just one of those things that's just like, yeah, okay. I'm not going to start dancing in the street anyway. But, um, I realized that's what my body was needing, some of that movement. And when we move our bodies, we allow things to flow and it allows some of the energies that are stored in our bodies to move a little bit. And sometimes when we're moving, when we're dancing, when we're stretching, we can start emotions start to come out. Mm -hmm. And that's a great practice. So I think we're going to be incorporating that a little bit more into our daily practices. Um, so I hope that helps. Yeah. Um, if you get value out of this and you want to support us financially, that would be great. You can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Sovereign Love Stream. Um, or if you can't, don't feel like you can support us financially at the moment, just share the show. Share the links, share the YouTube links, or even better, share the Odyssey links. So that'll bring us into our social media. We are in we are on all the major tech platforms, Facebook, Instagram, but we like to really promote minds.com, float.app, and odyssey.com. Minds and float are kind of like Facebook alternatives. And there's no censorship. They're not like deregulating or uh, down what's the word? Shadow banning, where they like they don't let anybody see your posts if you post quote unquote misinformation. They're not fact checking. It's just they're free speech platforms. There's no censorship, and they're not selling your data to Cambridge Analytica like Facebook does. Odyssey.com is a YouTube alternative that is blockchain based. There is no censorship. When you upload a video to Odyssey.com, it is on the blockchain forever. It cannot be removed, deleted, censored. You know, the Odyssey CEO cannot decide your video is misinformation and take it down. So we prefer that you share the odyssey.com links, but we're also on YouTube. You could share that as well. Um, so if you can't feel like you can't support us financially at the moment, share our links. Um, share some of our videos. If you think maybe some of your friends might benefit from this episode share it. And we're also that on helps. Spotify now. Yes, we're on Spotify also. So you can check out the Spotify uh, uh, audio podcast and share that as well. And if you do, um, you could leave us a review on Spotify as well. That helps us, um, you know, with the algorithm getting getting more views. So or more listens. <laughs> Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And we hope you have a beautiful Sovereign Sunday. Yes. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Love Stream podcast. Please subscribe now and join us bi-weekly on Sundays at SovereignLoveStream.com for our live video broadcast. Please check out our social media on censorship-free platforms like Minds.com, Float.app, and Odyssey.com. Find links to all of our social media at SovereignLoveStream.com. If you would like to support our show with an energy exchange, visit us at Patreon.com slash SovereignLoveStream. Thank you for listening.